Thanks for joining us for the special Mideast Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mideast Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. Pastor J.D. takes a much-needed break from the doom and gloom of what's happening in our world today to remind us that God will provide. The Bible tells us not to worry because God will take care of you. As much as He loves the swallows and the grass and the lilies, how much more He loves you. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on August 22nd, 2021. Well, for today's update, the Lord has directed me to the Gospel of Matthew and the sixth chapter. I would encourage you and invite you at this time to turn there. There you will find the well-known Sermon on the Mount, as we call it. It's what Jesus taught, and specifically what we're going to look at today, it's what Jesus taught concerning worry. We have the assurance from Jesus in this sermon recorded for us in Matthew 6 as to why it is that we as Christians should never worry about our Heavenly Father providing that which we have need of. Please know that I'm keenly aware of the many, I I tell you, if you could just read my inbox, (laughs) the many heartbreaking emails, many today, facing the real possibility of being terminated from their place of employment. And perhaps even some have already lost their livelihood. And as such, you're riddled with anxiety and filled with fear concerning the future. I've been very open, very transparent about my own struggles with anxiety in my own life and how I have this proclivity, this propensity to be a worrier. I'm really a good worrier, I'll tell you right now. And uh, I am walking in victory, but that's not to say that it's not still a struggle. I still struggle with it, but God has given me the victory over it. What if I told you that those who are in Christ seeking first His kingdom and righteousness, have absolutely nothing to worry about. Well, don't take my word for it. 
Uh, listen to what Jesus said, Matthew chapter 6. Let's begin in verse 25, if you would follow along with me. Jesus is speaking. He says, verse 25, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you? by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature. So, verse 28, why do you worry about clothes? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, and yet I say to you that even Solomon, in all his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. Now, verse 30, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will He not much more clothe you? Oh, you of little faith. Never imagine that the Savior's tone was that of disdain or disgust when he would say, as he often did to the disciples and even the multitudes, why did you doubt? Oh, you of little faith. It's, it's not, oh, you of little faith. It's more like this. Why is your faith so little when your God is so big? Why why is your faith so little? Therefore, verse 31, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? I wore that last week. Uh, That's not in there. Just want to make sure you're still following along. For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, verse 34, do not worry about tomorrow, For tomorrow will worry about its own things. (laughs) Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. That troubled me until I really understood what Jesus was saying. See, I was really good at verse 33. I didn't need verse 34 because it's like Jesus saying, don't worry. Uh, Tomorrow you'll have plenty to worry about. (laughs) That's not what he's saying. (laughs) He's saying, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow's worries will be there tomorrow, and I'll give you the grace that you need tomorrow. 
for tomorrow's worries. But I'm not going to give it to you today. Why are you borrowing against tomorrow today? And by the way, is not today the tomorrow you worried about yesterday? I'll never forget when I heard someone say that, I thought, it is. Yesterday I was freaking out. I was so stressed out. I was so worried about tomorrow. And it's tomorrow. (laughs) It didn't happen. What I worried about yesterday, that would happen today. Well, guess what? It didn't happen. And isn't that the truth? Those things that we worried about never came to pass. If you're anything like me, and I suspect that many of you are, I get angry. It's kind of like, oh, I could have slept last night. I mean, I worried about it and it didn't happen. I mean, then I get even angry at at myself, not at God, of course, but at myself. I worried myself sick, literally, by the way, over this. And then it didn't happen. It's been said that something like 90% of the things that we worry about never come to pass. Now, for those of you that are worriers like me, you're going, wait, 90%? What about the 10% that does? (laughs) Right? No, we're good, right? Well, here's the thing. The 10%, God gives you the grace at the time that you need it. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Before we move on, I I want to mention this, because I think it's very important. Do you know what Jesus is saying here? (laughs) He's saying, if God's going to take care of that bird that you see flying in the air, and that flower that you see there in the field, how much more is He going to take care of you? Because see, that flower and that bird was not made in the image of God. In other words, here's a flower, and for those of you that have been to Israel with us, there on the side of the Mount of Beatitudes, I mean it is, especially in the springtime, overlooking the Sea of Galilee, oh, it's just magnificent. The breeze, the sun is shining, the flowers, oh my goodness. And I can just picture Jesus there as He's teaching this. And He's pointing to those flowers. He says, look at those flowers. Yeah. You know what? A couple weeks, maybe by tomorrow, it's going to be gone. Yet look at how your Heavenly Father clothes that flower. Not even Solomon, as wealthy as he was. I'm sure he had a a tremendous wardrobe. His walk-in closet was the size of our houses. And he was never clothed as beautifully and as splendidly as that flower. And that flower is not going to last. How much more is he going to clothe you? How about that bird? Have you ever seen a bird stressed out? right? Packing worms into a, you know, little to hedge against the future. You never know. No. God provides for that bird. 
That bird wasn't made in the image of God. So the point is, if God is going to provide for the bird and the flower, how much more will he provide for you? This is why we're not to worry. Jesus is giving us his word. And he can't go back on his word. This is his word to us. And he's telling us, you don't have to worry. And here's why. Because your heavenly Father is going to provide. That's the why. But in concert with the Savior's why, we also have the how. Namely, in the Apostle Paul's epistle to the church in Philippi, Philippians chapter 4. I want to read verses 6 through 8. Let me just parenthetically say that God has used these passages of Scripture in my life over the years to give me the victory over my anxieties and my worries and my fears. And this particular passage here in Philippians 4 has been, I mean, key, for lack of a better word, when it comes to the how. How do you deal with worry, with fear, with anxiety. The Apostle Paul, by the Holy Spirit, is going to give us the answer, the cure, if you prefer. He says, verse 6, Do not be anxious about anything. Do not worry about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, Present your requests to God. And verse 7, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. All right, bear with me here. How do you worry about no thing? Pray about everything and thank God for anything? And if you thank God for anything and pray about everything, you'll worry about no thing. That's not just a page in your Bible. This is real and it works and it's God's Word and I can testify to you that in my life there have been times where I've been paralyzed in fear. I've been so worried and, and so anxious, so full of anxiety. And I actually did this. Imagine that. What a novel idea. Take God at His Word. And I mean, at first it was a little rough. I start praying, okay, Lord, here's, here's the situation. I mean, He already knows the situation. But I just present it to Him. I say, Lord, I... <laughs> <laughs> and then I started thinking, and now this is huge, by the way. 
Because when you start thanking God, and thank, in fact I have a plaque on my office, my uh, home, my home office. It says, what if you woke up tomorrow morning with only the things that you thanked God for yesterday? I'm going to leave that with the Holy Spirit right there, because I walk by that and look at it, and sometimes I give it stink eye, because I don't like it, because it's true, right? Think about what you have to thank God for. And by the way, the word think comes from the word thank. And the more you think about it, and the more you realize how much you have to be thankful for, it's a game changer. It changes you. It changes your thinking. It changes your praying. It changes your perspective. See, here's what happens. The enemy is really good at this. He starts by magnifying the problem, the worry, the fear, the anxiety. And he puts it up on an IMAX screen in 3D and gives you the 3D glasses to watch it. And I mean, you're looking at this thing going, no, this is big, this is bad. Yeah, told you. What are you going to do? And all of a sudden that, that big problem makes my God little. I need to turn that around. I need to focus on, think on Him, whatever is true, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good report, whatever is admirable. Think on those things and thank God for anything. And here's what happens. <laughs> that problem, what was the problem again? Where'd it go? The problem now is small, minuscule. Why? Because my God is a big God. There's nothing too hard for Him. He's the God of the impossible. And when you start thanking Him, and presenting Him, praying to Him. Pray about everything. Thank Him for anything, and I promise you, from my own personal relationship with Jesus, and on the authority of God's Word, <laughs> you will not worry. It'll come back, by the way. The enemy doesn't leave you alone. He's very tenacious. He'll come right back and go, yeah, see, you prayed about it. Thank God for it. You're not worried about it anymore. So he'll, he'll wait. He's very patient. Come back about an hour and a half later. How's it going? Oh, you again. Yeah. Uh, what are you going to do? I don't know. I'll tell you what you're going to do. You're going to go right back to prayer. Go right back to prayer. And don't stop praying until the worry is gone. I'm telling you, this works, this works. This worked in my life, this works in my life. And Satan doesn't want you to know this, because he knows that this is how to get the victory. And like the Apostle Paul, so too with the Apostle Peter. He explains how people who are full of anxiety can deal with anxiety in his first epistle, chapter 5, verse 7. Cast all your anxiety on Him, 
because He cares for you. Do you realize that? That God cares for you? He cares about what's going on. He knows, He sees, He cares. And He's at the ready. He's just waiting for us to call upon Him and trust Him and believe Him to do that which only He can. And He wants to rush in, but He won't force Himself. We're all given free will and we all have sovereignty. So God's just at the ready, waiting. Think about it like this as a parent, grandparent even. Your children come to you, and they're really struggling. What's your response to them? Are you not going to tax the moon and the stars for them? There is nothing you would not do for them, and you're fallen. How much more our Heavenly Father? He's waiting to help us. He cares for us. He loves us. Get this, He even likes us. I know. So you're full of anxiety? Give it to the Lord. Cast it. This heavy weight of anxiety, cast it off. Throw it onto Him. Give it to, take this, and don't take it back. Oh, we're good at that. I do that all the time. You know, I pray, oh Lord, I just give this to you. And then after you're done, you kind of take it back, start worrying about it again. (laughs) Okay, pastor, do you have a point? Yes, I do. The reason I wanted to start out this way is because we as Christians are now experiencing what I'll refer to as pre-rapture persecution. And let me explain what I mean by that. Bible prophecy tells us that after the rapture and during the seven-year tribulation, God's people will be persecuted, specifically the Jewish people. And the reason is because the purpose of the tribulation is for the salvation of the Jewish nation. Listen to what Jesus said in Luke's Gospel, chapter 21. It's recorded. I'll begin reading in verse 8. He replied, speaking of Jesus, and this is interesting, by the way, watch out that you are not deceived. In other words, it's going to be a great deception. That's the first thing. He says, for many will come in my name claiming, I am he and the time is near. Do not follow them. When you hear of wars and uprisings, do not be frightened. These things must happen first, but the end will not come right away. Jesus is returning. This fact is one we can get excited about despite any circumstances we find ourselves in. Jesus will return one day to rid this earth of every evil thing that's destroying it. 
He'll once and for all take down the enemy and establish his kingdom in our midst. How soon will this amazing event occur? The Bible tells us that no one knows the exact date, but it does give us clues about events that will take place as it nears. This is why Pastor J.D. has created these Mideast Bible Prophecy Updates. The Mideast Bible Prophecy Update is a focused look at current events through the lens of prophecy. The Bible has given us clear indicators of what's to come, and we can see many of these events happening all around the world today. Join us each week for an in-depth look at what the Bible has to say about current events on these Mideast Bible Prophecy Updates. The latest updates are available on the In Spirit and Truth YouTube channel, and you'll find a link to our page by visiting InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. You can also access these teachings through our mobile app for Apple and Android devices. Just search for In Spirit and Truth in your app store, or follow the links provided at InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. With this app, you can take the Mideast Bible Prophecy Updates with you wherever you go, as well as give you access to many other teachings Pastor J.D. has shared from the pages of Scripture. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope you'll join us again right here on In Spirit and Truth.